Hello, everyone, and welcome to the bonus session. I have a very special guest with us today. This is Susan with Organize 31, and I have known, how many years have we known each other? Like forever. Nine or 10. Yeah, yeah, forever. And she has just some amazing organizational tips and decluttering tips. And we are actually going to talk about what this actually has to do with gratitude and chronic illness. So I'm excited to jump into this bonus session, but before we begin, um, Susan, can you just share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, my name is Susan. You can find me at Organize 31. I grew up as a military child, and then I'm a veteran myself and a military spouse. So throughout my personal life, I've moved like 25 into 25 homes. So I really understand. I know. That's a lot. <laughs> Periodically, I have to count it back up and make sure I'm not mistaken, but yes. Um, so I really understand clutter in different size spaces, like different size homes, a lot of challenges. Um, as a result, I've become a professional organizer, and I'm a big believer in sharing simple tips and ideas um, with the goal of making space and time in life for what's really important to you. So we're not just trying to make pretty spaces, although I love pretty spaces, but my goal is to help you make more time and area in your life for whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I love all your tips just because they are so easy to follow and, you know, and especially with chronic illness and chronic fatigue, you know, sometimes the whole organization thing seems really daunting. So I'm excited to get into some of your tips that, you know, especially is going to help, um, help our community here. So, so why is it hard um, to let go of stuff just in general? Like why, why can't we let go of the things that don't serve us anymore? I think there's a couple of just basic reasons. And the first one is emotional attachment to items, right? Sometimes it's memories and nostalgia that we attach to that item. Um, other times it's maybe guilt, like maybe, um, great aunt Gertrude gave you this item and you know she'd be upset if you didn't keep it. And so you're just keeping it out of guilt, not because you want it. Um, sometimes I think it's out of fear. Like, um, well, let me tell you my cardboard box story briefly. I, some, I, I go like this with keeping cardboard boxes. One time in my life, we lived somewhere, there was a tornado that hit the community and thankfully, that was on my spike of keeping cardboard boxes because what was needed was cardboard boxes for people to salvage their belongings mm. so they could take them from their homes. Well, now in the back of my mind, whenever I look and say I have too many cardboard boxes, oh, but there might be a tornado. Okay. How realistic is that, right? right. I have to talk myself through. So a lot of us hold on to things out of fear. What if, just in case. And when you really evaluate it, it's only the fear speaking. It's not logic or reason. So, so those emotional reasons, I think too, like our physical limitations and time limitations, like it's exhausting decluttering. Yeah. If you're in the best physical shape, it's just, it's exhausting. If you have physical limitations, it's, it's just too much sometimes. Or if you have a, a busy family, a busy household, a, a business, like you just don't have time. So that's another limitation. Um, and then it's, it's trade-offs, right? Like whether it's that you have limited time or limited energy, you have to decide where am I going to place my resources and decluttering usually falls down on that list, right? Time with my family, time working 
taking care of my health, time working on my business, they're all higher up than decluttering. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, I mean, I know um, my community has a lot of limitations when it comes to fatigue and pain issues. I know um, personally, I stared at my pantry for a solid month and it needed to be just kind of just tidied up. And honestly, it took 45 minutes. It didn't even take that long, but I stared at it for a month because I'm like, I just don't have the energy. Right. Right. So when, when looking at a decluttering project, it's easy to give up before we even get started because we don't have the energy. So what are some tips? What are some things and tips um, to help us with a declutter project when these limitations set in? So I think first off is set realistic expectations, right? So one of the things that drive me crazy, and, and I love to watch them, but the half hour or 60 minute, you know, decluttering organizing TV show, you know, that doesn't happen in 30 or 60 minutes. And it, right? And it doesn't happen with one person. There may be one person with the client, but there's a whole bunch of people behind the scenes. So be realistic. It's going to take you more than 30 minutes. Um, might take you more than a week, but be realistic about your expectations. Um, and then realize this clutter, these items have accumulated over days, weeks, months, years. So you're not going to take care of it in 30 minutes or 60 minutes. Like just be realistic about it. And then once you set your expectations, purposefully break the task down into manageable chunks. And, you know, whatever that is for your physical energy, your time limits, um, what can you do? Can you do five minutes? Can you do 45 minutes? Whatever works. And then there are a variety of ways to break it down, but I like to suggest peeling it like an onion. So walk into the space and just first, just look for obvious trash or recycling. Just those are the easy, those shouldn't be emotional, right? Like, unless you have an empty box issue, <laughs> but you know, the empty boxes, they need to be recycled. The trash that shouldn't be thrown away. Just so peel that first layer. When you've done as much as you can, that's fine. Come back to finish it up or the next time you move on to the next layer. Um, the next layer would be, what are things that obviously belong somewhere else? Easy things, not digging through boxes or drawers, but what is that rake doing in my craft room? You know, how did the rake get there? Take the rake to the garage, right? Um, look for things that belong to somebody else. Wait, what is you know, my sister came over for the holidays. Why is her coat still laying on the back of my couch? Let me put that by the door and call my sister to come get it. So those kind of things. Um, then you can look for obvious items without any emotion that you know you don't want. Like maybe you go in your closet and there's that business suit you bought. And every time you've put it on, it's itchy, it's uncomfortable. You, you don't like the way it looks on you. And maybe you no longer go into an office you don't need it. So take that out. That's easy, right? Versus like my cuddly sweater that has a hole, but I love my sweater. That one's going to be a tougher decision. Leave that for later. So as you peel these onion layers, you're reducing the amount that you have to deal with and you're exercising your decluttering mu muscles and you're gaining momentum. So then when you get to the more difficult items, you're more prepared to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you can space it out over, you know, as long as you need for your energy level and your capabilities. 
And, and when you go through that process, would you recommend, um, so let's say instead of going through like a whole dresser drawer, right, take one drawer a day or something like that, would you recommend doing it, you know, kind of in, in chunks like that too? Definitely. And like in the dresser drawer is a perfect example. One of the things I like to suggest, I call it couch potato organizing. If, if, if you can or have someone carry that into the couch, you can watch your favorite TV show and go through it. Um, and then if you can't get through all of it, you know, if you have enough space, if it works, you could leave it there, finish it tomorrow and put it away. But yeah, to break it down into something manageable. Yeah. Yeah. And I found too, I mean, I think sometimes in my head, it's going to take a lot longer than it actually does. Like we had a, um, the, what is it? The utensil, the like forks and spoons, what are they called? Utensils, right? Right. (laughs) Um, So the little holder thing that we have just broke into pieces. So there was just utensils everywhere. So I just, I, took it out and just dumped everything back in the drawer and just looked at the drawer for a solid two weeks. (laughs) And then finally I was like, I should probably get around to ordering something, you know, again, measuring, right. Cause I kept the, I kept the, the measurements of the old one and I measured the space again, but even like, I was like, Oh, I got to find the measuring thing. And I got it. It took three or four minutes, maybe start to finish. Right. right. So, and then, and then when I got it and it took literally less than five minutes to put it to, so in my head, this was like, you know, an hour long project in reality, start to finish. It was under 10 minutes. Right. Right. We, we make it so much longer with all the, everything else going on. So that and there was so much to- energy involved in like creating and worrying it about it. it. You carry all this weight in delaying it. Like, Sometimes like just rip that bandaid off, take that five minutes and get the tape measure in. But, but I understand it's difficult when you're already dealing with a lot of, of other things. So that's when it, if you ask someone to help you and pretty much everyone has someone in their circle who loves organizing. And the other thing is it's always easier to declutter someone else's stuff. Yeah. Right. And you'll find that um, in, families and and marriages, right? Like I always wanted to clutter my husband's things and he wants to clutter my things, but we don't want to do our own. Right. But that's an opportunity, maybe not your spouse, but maybe a friend or a relative that will come in and help you, or you can hire a professional organizer. There are people, um, you know, in your area, and then you can do it virtually. Like I work with people through email and, you know, video chats that you can have someone because when someone else holds an item up to you, like, do you really need this? Yeah. It's entirely different than when you ask yourself that question. Cause you say, Oh, I don't know. I'm too tired to think about it. But if I ask you, do you need this? You can say I'm too tired, but you tend not to. So get someone to help you. That's a really good idea. And you can even return the favor too. you know, just go over to their house and have a cup of tea and <laughs> Oh, that's such a yeah. great thing. Okay. That's it, Holly. We're going to tag team on that. <laughs> So, and I know the other thing too, is in letting go, you also let in, and, you know, this is really a big piece of gratitude and it's not just like letting go to let in. And I know, and, and just the two spaces I did this past month, 
like I open up my utensil drawer and I open up the pantry now and it's literally like angels sing. And it just brings such a huge smile to my face rather than so much angst, right? So I know that there's a good thing on the other end. But what are some ways that we can let go of clutter to, to let in, um, you know, gratitude, maybe through like some donations or some other ideas that you have? Well, I think it, what you just described that like angel singing feeling, like I think it's very important for us to celebrate our wins and successes, celebrate that drawer instead of some people tend to look at the entire kitchen and say, oh, it's only one drawer. no. It's a drawer. Let's enjoy that and celebrate it and, and let that emotion in. Um, I guess on the flip side of emotions, a lot of times holding on to belongings, like I said, are attached to emotions. So we don't have the time or energy for negative emotions. We, we need to let that go. So we don't need to hold on to items out of guilt, regret, or fear. Let, just if you're if you look at that item, why am I keeping it? If it's one of those three reasons, it needs to go. Um, I guess another thing is to really evaluate, you know, I, I love these items. I need these items. I want these items. But are they preventing you from enjoying your space? Are they impacting how you can navigate your home? Um, are they impacting whether you can have friends and family over? In which case, you know, you need to evaluate those things are impacting and preventing you from joy and gratitude in your life. Yeah. So let's, you know, get rid of physical things. Um, and then I guess a, a couple of tips I want to share around nostalgic memory items, because mm, that's okay. one that's really hard for people. Yeah. Um, so if you can take a photo and if you have a bunch of items, um, I, my parents passed away a few years ago and going through their entire home, there were so many items. I don't want them, but they had such vivid childhood memories. So take pictures of them, make a photo book. I can pick up that photo book and it, it stimulates the memories, but it's much smaller and easier to maintain than all these artwork and this, you know, these items. So take photos, um, see if you can make something from it. Can you um, have someone make a quilt out of these pieces of clothing or there are teddy bears you can have made out of a loved one's shirt or so make something else out of it. Um, repurpose it. Um, I have a teacup that I use for my grandmother's that I put my rings in, you know, see if you can repurpose. A lot of the um, childhood for my children, like little clay pots that they would bring home and they're all lopsided. And I use them in my bathroom drawers to hold small items in my bathroom. So repurpose. Um, or also, like if you have a whole set of grandma, whoever's china, keep one teacup or keep one bowl and then let the rest go to someone else who's going to create beautiful memories with it. So you have one item for the memory and then you can know, like hold on to the fact that this is now going to create beautiful memories for someone else. It's multiplying the memories. I so, love that. Yeah. And then um, I have found in, this is part of why I think We've been friends for so long. We, we think about things similarly. Um, I've in my past worked and volunteered at charitable organizations, thrift stores, food pantries, that kind of thing. And so I would see what people really needed to be donated. And then as I started working as a professional organizer, I found that if someone was struggling with letting go of an item, often if I could talk to them about how 
how jeans are so desperately needed in charitable thrift stores. Because most people, you wear your jeans out, especially men, but you know, you wear your jeans out and they're really needed. Or how pots and pans are not usually donated because usually you use them until they're unusable and you throw them away. So when I could help people flip and think about there's someone in your community who really needs this item, suddenly it's easier to let go of a lot of things. So in that way, by sharing your bounty that you're not using and and looking at it as a way of sharing bounty um, with someone, it makes it easier to let go of things. I, you know, I love that. And especially, um, you know, not just with the, the um, kitchen items, but especially with the clothing too. And, you know, as we go through these transitions, maybe we're not working in an office anymore and it's not looking like it's going to be in the, in the near future, you know? So do we really need a closet full of office clothes or maybe put on a few extra pounds and, you know, give yourself X date. And if that weight's not coming off, donate it, you know, let someone else enjoy it. And, 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 you know, have that, have that joy of having that, that item that, you know, you so cherished. Right. And something that maybe um, I have that maybe is uncomfortable to me, someone else's, it's going to be fine to them, right? Yeah. Or something that doesn't, I'm not happy with how it fits my body, somebody else is going to, so you're going to bring joy to someone and you're going to bring joy to yourself because one, you've made space in your home for whatever it is you want. And two, you're going to bring joy to yourself because you know, you're bringing joy to someone else. So it really helps when you look at things that way. I absolutely love that. And that really is the ripple effect of, of gratitude is, you know, not just experiencing that gratefulness yourself, but, but giving it away to someone else. So that is beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Oh, yes, of course. And, and I want to say it's not just items maybe that you don't want, because like I use the example of uncomfortable clothing, but if you have something that you loved and you've cherished, but you just no longer need it, you can still love and cherish it and, and magnify, multiply it by then allowing someone else to love and cherish it. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. These have been great ideas and great tips. And I know we really help our community just, you know, like I said, not just from this perspective of, you know, being able to find a way to start that kind of decluttering, but then also to have that sense of gratitude to be able to, to donate and give, you know, give some of these cherished items away. So thank you so much. And I know for those who really want to connect with you more, Um, You actually have a decluttering challenge coming up. So if you wanted to share a little bit about that, and I'll make sure the link is provided in the show notes below this video, but if you could just share a little bit about the decluttering challenge and what's involved. Sure. So it's called Declutter to Donate, and I'm going to help you walk through it self-paced so you can go as fast or take as much time as you want for your your life. Um, Walk through 20 different 22, I'm sorry, different categories of items. So clothing, um, food, we'll go through the freezer, we'll go through books, office supplies. Um, I even have a section on hard to donate items like pillows. A lot of places don't want pillows. So what can you do with them? And my goal is to help you look at through your house. Instead of looking for items you no longer want, look through the items and say, what do I have that can help someone in my community? 
And so I've also, I'm also sharing different organizations so you can find an organization that you feel passionate about. I have ideas of like often betting that you cannot donate to um, your charitable thrift store, but you could donate to your animal shelter. Mm. Um, so there, I have a whole list and variety of, of organizations so you can find what works best for you. So we go through 22 different tasks. Um, you have, there are bonus modules so that you can do more if you want. Um, there's an over 90 page resource to help you find what you need and checklists to help you work through. And then there's a free Facebook group where you'll have access to ask me questions and to support each other and share your wins and ask your questions. Oh, and, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I've seen it work uh, firsthand in helping my clients as they go through to declutter their items. So I'm excited to be able to share it with your community and and. I'm excited to offer you a special coupon for your community. Oh, thank you so much. So the coupon and the link will be right below this video in the show notes. So yeah, Susan with Organize 31, thank you so much for the bonus session and for sharing just all these great tips about decluttering and how we be, can be grateful for letting go so that we can let better things in. Thank you so much, Holly. Can we have some real talk here for a minute, just between us girls? Can we have a conversation about what the end of the day looks like? I'm talking about that moment when you've crossed off all the things on your list. Okay, they're not all completed, but you're done for the day. And when I say done for the day, I mean you are done. And you sit on the couch to actually relax for a few minutes before bedtime. You know that moment of pure bliss when your bum hits the couch cushion and then you sit back in this heap of exhaustion, you pull the blanket over your legs, literally breathe for the first time all day. And it's not, it's not even one minute later. And it's your spouse. Hey, hon, your kid, mom, or you pick up the phone to scroll on social media and then your boss sends you an email you need to respond to, or you see something that like, oh shoot, I forgot to do something that can't wait for tomorrow. And then the dog's doing the potty dance because spouse or kid Never took them for a walk, even though you asked them to. And it's that moment that you feel this resentment fill your body. And then you probably feel guilt on top of it because this is the life that you've always dreamed of. You've got a great career and a great family. So you might be wondering, why do I feel so drained? Why is my life sucking every ounce of energy out of my body? I'm here to tell you that the world is not going to crumble if you say yes to yourself, but you will eventually crumble if you don't. You deserve to take care of yourself and your health. And it begins by saying yes to you, which is probably the hardest yes that you're ever going to say. And that's why I created a very special private podcast series. It's called Your Comeback Experience, and it's specifically for you, the woman who has a track record of success in everything that you do, but you are burned out and something's still missing. And somewhere along the way, your health got pushed to the side. It's a secret podcast, meaning it's not public. You need to have an invitation to access it. And I want to invite you. So to get this free private podcast delivered right to your inbox, Click on the link in the show notes or go to podcastholly.com. 
super easy to remember, podcastholly.com. The link is also in the show notes.